she's back on earth the people don't want her she's got to find a way to make that right it's she's she's getting her she's having her Meghan Markle moment right now that's basically <laughs> what it is like okay she's here she's pretty they said oh let's hate on her <laughs> it's truly just that simple and that's what it really is but I'm you know Welcome back to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am Queen Ramonda of Wakanda. Oh, okay. Oh, hail the queen. We love that. Um, I am Betsy Friday. Please don't bring that video up. It's a very trying time right now. I can't deal with it. Um, I am Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain. <laughs> Viola Davis, my woman's king. <laughs> Let me tell you, I love Ariana DeBose. Like, I love Ariana DeBose. That is my girl. So when she got announced to be opening the BAFTAs, I was like, yes, my girlfriend's about to kill it. It's about to be, like, hot. Da, 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 da. I woke up the next morning, and I see this clip going viral. I said, shut it down. Shut it down. I don't she know did. what was going she on. Really I don't know. Deactivated her Twitter. Twitter had been deactivated. <laughs> well, shout out to her for like having her moment, but that will not be her legacy. Being her legacy will be the first queer Afro Latina to win an Oscar. That will remain what we remember her for. This <laughs> we're gonna scrap. I don't know. We're gonna scrap it. If if Angela Bassett end up winning that Oscar. She kind of is a prophetess for that, so <laughs> she, did the, she did the thing. Lord, 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 it's been a trying time. But I'm glad everyone's having fun, and I'm glad that the stock is rising. You know what that means? More money. Good for her. Well, it wasn't she in... Uh, West Side um, Story. West Side Story, right. I did not see that. I'm not the biggest fan of musicals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to her. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, it's snowing here today, which is very exciting. We have not had that in the district in a very long time. Um, other than that, I've been good. I've been going to the gym. I've gotten to that awkward phase. I think I was talking about this a little bit a while ago, where none of my clothes are really fitting. I need to like go up if I was wearing a medium and anything. I need to now be a large. If I was wearing a large, I need to be an extra large. And the problem I have is none of my clothes are actually that right now. So. <laughs> The mediums are like, ooh, so I'm trying to refrain from going outside too much because it hurts. That's all right. Get some new clothes. We have thick era coming in. I love that. Thick era's coming in. <laughs> I'm go for I'm not even going to lie. It's here. I'm packing on the pounds. I stepped on the scale. I weighed 200. And so it was ooh. funny. So when I first did it, I was just trying to see how much I weighed. And I stepped on the scale and that said 218 pounds. And I was like, Oh no, I was like, this isn't right. But I was like, oh, I got my shoes on. <laughs> I know that's not <laughs> <doing. laughs> so How much did you think the shoes was going to do? I took the shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> stepped back on the scale and it was like 217.8. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's, I was like, no, that can't be right. I was like, something's not right. But I've accepted it. So we're like, we're going with it now. Era. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's snowing there. That's wild. It's been snowing here too. <laughs> <In LA. laughs> that is wild. <laughs> oh, 
it's been crazy. It's been mm. like raining all day today. The other day it was snowing. Um, so this, I don't know. The world is ending. Where's Storm <laughs> to fix this? Morocco. <laughs> See? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got to come back down, sister. <laughs> time for that. Well, I don't know. That sounds dangerous. What do you guys like? <laughs> exactly. It is dangerous. No one here already they don't know how to drive because for some reason people here like don't use, they use turning signals, but don't turn them off for several <laughs> like lights after they use them. And then they don't like use their horns or no one's paying attention. Well, Godspeed. No focus. And well, then God's that was so- raining. That's even worse. Oh yeah, it's it's getting bad over there. You guys are like already two steps from getting in the ocean. So water exactly. Mm-mm. And this city is like not built to even retain a lot of the water, even though we've been through a lot of droughts. So like, hope, <laughs> but it's been raining a lot. So hopefully this like helps it. You know, maybe this will like change the infrastructure a little bit. They'll get on it now. Whether it's like it's doing things in places that it's never done stuff before. So we kind of need to just be prepared for everything. You know. That's having a lot of faith in society. <laughs> I don't know if I got it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Completely. We'll just have to see when it when it comes. Um, but all right, y'all. Let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Um, some fun stuff. Some not so fun stuff. Where I know, um, where our co-host here will get to that. But up first was they announced that Stephen Yoon from. Uh, he does the voice in Invincible. He was also a part of The Walking Dead. Will be in Thunderbolts in a prominent role. Now, allegedly, some people are thinking that the Thunderbolts are going to be taking on Hyperion and that Steven might be playing Hyperion. I think that that would be kind of interesting. At first, I thought people were just joking, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I really see it for that. Oh, yeah, I but definitely now, joke. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is he gonna get big to be Hyperion? I would I hope so. so. <laughs> I was about to say Hyperion's like a Hyperion's a big dude. Um, oh wait, no, not Hyperion, Sentry. I mean, either way. Same thing, yes. <laughs> yeah, let's say that's still a very big guy. Um, I don't know if I see that. I did see some theories that he might be playing the Fixer. Oh. Um, or maybe like Mach V, Mach Five, something like that. Um, but I don't really know. I think I'm kind of going in to the Thunderbolts with low expectations isn't the word, but... It's my word. <laughs> I'm trying to be surprised. Yeah, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is that Taskmaster going to be the same? Let's hope not. I don't, because, like, she saved Taskmaster at the end of her movie, so I would assume right. that had to be a different one, and now they're going to try and do it right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. It is the MCU. It's the, it's, it's the MCU. It's good. Yeah. You can't never be too cons- uh, sure. But I don't know. I'm just trying to like be surprised. I don't want to have too many expectations of like who I think is going to be what. This Thunderbolts movie is obviously going to be a little bit different from what we know of the Thunderbolts. So I feel like they can surprise us with some stuff. But I wouldn't be mad at like a fixer type of role for him or something like that. But I like Steven, so good for him. We love the MCU. Agreed. And to the people um, guessing that he's going to be Amadeus Cho, be serious. Is that what people are guessing? Yes. Amadeus is a child. Okay, <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. Mm. It's giving racist, but I don't like that. 
Also, um, coming out of the movie news, we learned that Aquaman 2 had some screenings, early test screenings with fans, and they did not go well. Um, a lot of the fans were saying that this is the worst DC movie that has come out. And to that, I say, that in itself is a feat. So. <laughs> hey, well, I have two thoughts of that. One, I can believe it. But two, <laughs> I also don't believe that something's worse than Wonder Woman 1984. But this does well, like, like Jason Momoa and it's like Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot are like neck and neck. You know what I'm saying? So it's like again, I can believe it, but I also don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes. and like being real, the first Aquaman movie was like, <laughs> it yeah. was not the. It just was very successful. Which Shia said he looked good in the suit. I always mm-hmm. give him that. But I don't know, whatever. The whole DCU is rebooting. Who even cares? Let's get it over with and like then they can recast. I have been a fan of recasting Aquaman for a very long time. You said it while the first movie was coming out. <laughs> while they were doing reshoots, you were suggesting go ahead. Which is why everyone y'all know. Like her character is Aquaman. So <laughs> for him to say that, he's being very real. Like very real. I said from the moment he announced they was Aquaman, I said, let's do it over. <laughs> don't even yeah. shoot the movie just get back to he it also just like was just himself like that's what he is in every movie he can't act he just don't, tall i'm about to get mad but anyways <laughs> well whatever let the movie come out let it have its moment to do whatever to fail to flop to succeed and be successful again cool um I know they're maybe trying to play with the idea of a trilogy. We don't need to do that. There were talks of a trilogy. I also was under the impression it would have been kind of a part of the, you know, like previous regime. But during that video that James Gunn put out about the whole DC Studios that we talked about recently, you know, he said that that movie is a part of like the, the timeline here. So it looks like it's here to stay. Scrap it. <laughs> Hopefully they just do, you know, they should just start it all over. Just, you're never going to do it right if you just keep trying to pull what you like from before. Just start fresh. Just got to... I agree. It's also just, uh, I don't know. I just don't think we need any more Jason Momoa or just like anything that kind of like references the Snyderverse and all that other stuff. We're past it. Agreed. Let it go. Let's all just move on. All right, y'all. Well, then that's all we have this week. Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the comics and other review section of the show. Um, A couple of mentions, of course, to start out. She-Hulk number 10 was out this week, and that was the follow-up issue. You know Jack of Hearts died in number 9, and so we've kind of been seeing her deal with that. She gets like a you-up text from Thor at some point in the issue that she responds to and tells him to come over. She's she's sad, so she's having a moment there. It's a very hard part. Yeah, it was. I think he might come back, though. We'll see. Um, the Magic Order 4, number two, came out this week. Um, that's from Mark Miller and Dyke Ruin. Um, I've really enjoyed all of the various 
iterations of this book, but Dyke Ruin joining for this volume, his art is so good. He's such a child of like uh Quapel. And he really shines here. He can bring so much energy to it. He looks good, really great stuff. Um and Strange Academy. That a lot on my timeline. I follow I must follow a lot of Magic fans <laughs> because a lot of people yeah. were posting pages from that book. I've seen it. It, it looks it just looks good. It's so intense. And like these first two issues have been just like nonstop action. Like the villain's kind of making her big move. So she's coming after the order and they're just like killing everybody and attacking them. It's just like, whoa. Um <laughs> it's really good. Um and then even more Magic Strange Academy finals number four came out this week as well that's kind of like telling the story of the like that class and like finishing out that run i kind of tap into the strange academy kids sometimes they're fun look at you liking kids i know that's so different right (laughs) and it's really i just think it's because those two that are the kids of enchantress i'm just so kind of like i don't understand how you two exist so i gotta (laughs) (laughs) it's like i gotta follow to see how this goes there um, but getting into the main books of the week, I only have one really big book that came out for me that I wanted to discuss, uh, and that was Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, number one, from Teeny Howard and Vasco Jorgoff. Um, this is it. This moment. is like, this is, this is, your girl, Captain this, is, this is Betsy's, like, first solo Got her name in the title and everything. Let me just say, and the logo is cute. We'll start there, actually. The, the logo is very good. cute. The sword through the A's, like, it looks good. Seeing the BB, CB, it's nice. It gives a little, like, British feel, I feel like, when you do the acronyms and things like that. But let's go ahead and get to the issue. So we start out, Betsy is doing a press tour. She's talking to this news guy. And they're slandering her, of course. Micro Max is the opposition for some reason. He's, like, running a podcast where he talks about Betsy and, like, all the stuff dealing with Britain and the politics and her being her co-in and blah, blah, blah. In the middle of the interview, she gets a call from one of the other Captain Britons in the universe, so she's got to leave. There is this really interesting data page from this uh, site called The Reflector, the UK's most trusted source for news, entertainment, and more, and they're doing, like, this huge hit piece on Betsy. So they're in there talking about, you know, oh, she's a body stealer. She worked with X-Men and X-Force. Of course, a lot of this is to give the reader just an info dump about like her character and some history and some stuff especially with her and brian and things like that but it was just interesting to me to think of like oh the public knows that she was a part of x-force and that's kind of bad <laughs> that's really bad <laughs> um very murderous in that. But you know what I'm saying? But inside of that, like, you just get some really interesting bits there. She goes to help the Captain Britain, the dinosaur T-Rex character. They fight a fury. Rachel is there. She does this thing where she she taps into the multiverse to create, like, a phoenix fire blast. I don't really understand how that worked, but I don't understand how a lot of things with Rachel work. Nonetheless, we go back to uh, Earth 616. Uh, Betsy is talking to Brian about like the Furies, and he's kind of back in the lab, you know, the stuff. We keep seeing that they're facing like earthquakes or something. We come to find out that Jamie has used his powers to shrink the mansion, the Braddock mansion, and he has moved it to Braddock Isle. And that's like now where they live. They've got a gate there so they can travel back and forth. And that way, Betsy can do more stuff in Britain since they don't need to be in the other world as much anymore since they've dethroned Merlin and the provinces kind of like govern themselves. She goes back to Otherworld to deal with like the Furies. But while that's happening, we find out that Micromax has also been working with Morgan Le Fay and Coven Acaba. And he's kind of like a big part of the reason why Betsy's getting some of the opposition because Morgan is basically like, the people of Britain don't understand 
what Captain Britain really does. They think she is just a hero for the people. They don't really understand the real reason of how she protects Otherworld and how Otherworld is based off like all of the imagination and energy of the British Isles and all of that kind of stuff like that. So she's like, we need to give them someone who they're actually going to like and we need to take Betsy out. So she is kind of the one planning her attacks on the various corpse and working with Michael Max to do his hit piece on her. While that's going on, Betsy has gone to the Fury homeworld and otherworld, and she's like, one of your people is attacking my people. You need to get that together. Rachel starts doing some snooping around, and she actually finds the Union Jack flag hanging up in their corridors, which was kind of strange. I was like, oh, look at the, <laughs> the Furies with the, <laughs> the flag. That's okay. weird. But you go about it. There was like this one little weird part about this, and it kind of reminded me of what Duga did in last week's X-Men Remember when I told you Jean had did like that big telepathic ping and then all of a sudden a few issues later Scott couldn't find her. So in this issue, Betsy teleports to Otherworld, obviously using like the Captain Britain ability. She's kissing Rachel while she does it. When they start getting attacked by the Furies, Betsy makes a comment. She's like, oh, I can't teleport right now with the Furies staring at me. And it's just kind of like, what is it? <laughs> you mean? Like they looking at you so you can't teleport? You can't concentrate. You was just kissing somebody and doing all this stuff. But then look, whatever. It was just a weird little thing that happened to me. Uh, but nonetheless, Rachel does something. They get out. They get away. Pete Wisdom has come to the Braddock Manor. He's talking to them um, about, like, strike and stuff. Betsy says she wants to get their help with dealing with Kevin Acaba and Morgan Faye. We get to a, like, nice little bedroom scene with her and Rachel. And she, again, is kind of just talking about all the things that she wants to do with them and, like, move them into the mansion. She's like, oh, but security might not be good if we do that. Maybe we can move into a brighter country house. We'll set up a network of gates, get Sage to do some stuff that she can track it. Rachel's like, you're asking me? I don't know. They have sex. We go on. Um, we see the strike agents again. They've met with Fajr Hussein, who has the Excalibur sword. She's a character from the Captain Brennan in my uh, 13 series for the people who read that. She pops up. She's kind of like the reader input to like for the info dump about who strike is and just kind of introducing us to them she talks about how she's a fangirl but she's also like a supporter of captain britain and she's like you know the people of britain don't really always recognize me as well and say i'm a real brit because of how i look so i get it you know feeling some support there so she's writing i'm here for that morgan has set her plan in place the Furies are attacking another Captain Britain. Betsy and Rachel go to save her. All the other Captain Britain corps show up. Morgan shows up. She's like, great, I can kill you all right here and put my new captain in a place. Betsy's like, you know, no Captain Britain will turn against her sister. Morgan's like, I don't know about that. And then the final page is like a Captain Britain walking out, but the face is cut off. You can't see who it is. And that's probably going to be where put in place. So that was the first issue. Okay. It was, I wonder if that's going to be Captain Carter. So, one of the theories that I've seen going around is people actually think it's going to be Lizzie Braddock. And that's why oh. Captain Carter shows up in the second issue. Like, you know, she's on the cover for two. So they think like, oh, you know, Lizzie was not, a, uh, she's a Betsy that wasn't a Captain Britain already. She wouldn't really know like about how any of that stuff works. Morgan could obviously get her. That's why Captain Carter shows up. Which I think would be cool. Lizzie Braddock was hot. She was the dog. I'm sorry. I stand. She was fun with her bob, yeah. We're seeing them fighting each other. I hope the hair is longer. If it is her, she can come back. But nonetheless, um, that was the first issue. I thought it was kind of fine. 
I'm not okay. to you. I didn't hate it. I think, you know, we've been dealing with Teeny or Betsy for a very long time now. This is like year four, I think, almost. And I think I've just really become accustomed to, like, the way Teeny writes. I think her dialogue, it's not very flowery, in a sense. Um, it's very kind of straight to the point. It's very warm. It's very... There's a lot of emotion behind it, or at least there should be. That's what you kind of expect, you know. Um, and the Betsy she's writing is a little bit different. I will say that I think this is probably my favorite version of Betsy that she's written so far. She feels a little bit more proactive. She's actually doing things. Like I said, she comes in, she sets up stuff with Pete Wisdom and Strike. She's already in the play of like, okay, I know Kevin Acaba is probably behind some of this stuff. Let me go see what's going on there. Let me go talk to the Furies. Um, Rachel and her relationship. I see the vision. I really, really, really do. And I'm a person, I'm not one of those people who think Rachel and Kate should be together. A, I'm not a fan of tropes where like the best friend secretly reveals they're in love with another person. And then B, on top of that, I think that there should be like a healthier balance of queer relationships in both the romantic and platonic aspect. And I think Kate, Rachel, Magic, that's like a nice little gay girl gang. And I'm all for different characters like getting together. I was actually a fan of like when Hawkeye and Spider-Woman were dating. I thought that was weird and different. Okay. So when it comes to Rachel and Bessie, I can see it. I see some stuff in there. I will say here though, I just don't buy it. I don't think Teeny writes Rachel well enough to make the relationship like exciting. Feel authentic. It doesn't feel authentic. And then I think Rachel kind of feels like a non-entity here. Honestly, she feels just like she's here to be Betsy's girlfriend, a side character. Like I said, there's this entire page of them getting into bed together and Betsy's talking about like, oh, you know, I'm going to send Pete this intel about what's going on. Like, let's put strike here. We can do this, da-da-da. Rachel, what do you think? And Rachel's like sitting there playing her game, losing at that. Wow. And then she's like, oh, you're asking me. Let's wait till tomorrow. And then that goes about it. Like, when they go, she's... I don't know. She's just kind of an artist. She doesn't really have her own personality. And then I think about the way that Teeny has written Rachel previously and the issues that she's appeared in. She's kind of like, eh, I don't see it. However, I do think it's a relationship is a really big deal for both characters. So I think it should get like a good year. Let people play with it. Let people have their fun. Maybe someone will write it that makes it gives a little bit more spark. I also think that they still should break up eventually, if only for Rachel's sake. I feel like Rachel being confirmed as a canon queer character is a bigger deal than it was for Betsy. I, Betsy dated Cluster, and I know people always try and like downplay that to be like, oh, it's just Phantom Mets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, nah, she, she was munching. With Rachel, she's never really had like any big relationship. So I think for this moment for her to come out, and then be saddled with like Betsy as her only relationship for the rest of her comics career would be a really big disservice to that character, like anything she does. But like I said, I see the vision, I see the potential. I think you should give them a good year, test it out. It's a good PR relationship. Okay, good for them. I think they don't look bad together. And I see the vision. I see, the... see the vision. Like you can. Yes. I can feel it. Like, I feel like when there's if some fan art starts coming, if they got like some different costumes also, maybe that could help a little bit. You know, there's some stuff there that could be worked with, but I just don't think it's really going to ever pop under this writer. And that's just that what it is. Um, I think the plot of the book itself feels a little bit like more condensed and like concentrated than it has. Obviously, like this is really just about Betsy and like 
the uh, UK politics and the British side of that all. She's back on Earth. The people don't want her. She's got to find a way to make that right. It's she's she's getting her. She's having her Meghan Markle moment right now. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Like okay, she's here. She's pretty. They said, oh, let's hate on her. <laughs> let's hate on the pretty girl. It's truly just that simple, and that's what it really is. But I'm, you know, we got five issues of this, so I'm going to write it out to the And I will say the art was kind of disappointing, which was a big shock to me. I've seen this artist on Twitter before. We had talked about him, have, like, thought about trying to get a commission piece from him. He does really good work. But here, the faces were a little rough. Some of the proportions, excuse me, were off. I try and not give it too much. I also understand he's very new to comics. Like, I don't think he's done much work at all. So, like, obviously, there's going to be a learning curve. He's going to get better. He's going to grow um but i do think a lot of what i've seen of his that i really liked was kind of portrait cover stuff and so the sequential stuff is obviously going to be a little bit different we'll see how it goes it was just a little bit disappointing but obviously for a new artist i think it looks really good the wide shots it looks really good but it's just those faces get a little wrongly but i'm going to stick with it I, I didn't mind it. I think, again, there's still some usual teeny ticks on her dialogue and how she writes. I think if you've never enjoyed anything from her, then you're not going to. I think if you've been able to tolerate it. I think if you're also a longer-term Bet- longer Betsy fan, there's still some kinks that you're going to see in the writing and like how she writes Betsy. But I think she's doing a little bit of a different version. This is like a very, very heroic, champion, Wonder Woman-esque type of vibe for Betsy, and I don't think a lot of people are used to that, but I think it's just something that you're going to have to have for this particular story. I don't think it's going to be something that continues forever, but everyone has different takes on characters, so we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of excited to see what happens after it's all done, though. I think when you get to the grand scheme of things with Betsy, you've had the big other world story. It might have been mid. I'm not here to talk about the execution, but in the grand scheme of things, you had it she had it and now with this you seem to kind of be returning to the aspect of her on earth and like captain britain and all the other things that she does and what she can do so i'm interested to see how they build upon that from that all in all i would give this issue a 3.25 out of five okay that's solid solid like it's readable it gets the point across. The art does the job that it needs to do. We'll see how it goes. Okay. That's not bad then. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Captain Britain, Betsy. I don't know. We just gonna have to see where the cards fall later. For me. Like truly, like truly, <laughs> like that's truly what you gotta do. It's like and again, I understand it. I talked to I'm a Betsy fan. This has been my favorite character for a very long time. I talk to Betsy fans all the time. I understand both sides of it. I understand that if you have been a fan of Betsy and you've been reading comics for a really long time, why this doesn't work for you. I understand why it can be a little bit jarring. I understand that if you're not super familiar with Betsy and this is your first time reading her, I can understand why you like it. I can understand why you see the vision. I can understand that if you were like kind of familiar with Betsy, but you never really got into her when she was stuck in that lady's body, and now you get something different. Okay, again, I can understand why. You, like, I see all the visions of it. I get it all. I think it's just one of those things you just gotta. It's just whether or not you're gonna accept it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> and it, it's 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 interesting to watch though, and I will say like. 
even despite all of this, Betsy continues to be my favorite character. And I've always said it, like, I've always understood the vision of what's going on. I've always, like, really enjoyed the aspect of the stuff. I don't even mind the Captain Britain suit. It all just felt very specific to that story. And now that story is coming to an end. And so it's like, okay, well, when that ends, what else we got? But we'll see. I like the aspect if the captain, the rogue Captain Britain that Morgan has, if it's Lizzie, I think that'll be really cool. I like Captain Cardo. It'll be cool to see her show up. I've seen some solicits from the future issues. Doctor Doom shows back up. I like Doctor Doom. We're going to have some fun with it. Doom is king. Maybe I'll tap You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we'll I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, well then that brings us over into the AR Club for the week. And again, we had asked some people to kind of write in and let us know what you wanted to read for March, because we were taking this month off. Um, and it looks like more people wanted to read Avengers Arena compared to Young Avengers. So we'll that's be starting nice. Avengers Arena <laughs> next month. And um, some people say they're Young Avengers because of Cassie. You know, she was just in that movie, The Kang. I don't want anything that reminds me of Cassie in that movie. That's kind of fair, yeah. And I feel like Avengers Arena, I haven't read that in a while. It'll be interesting to see how I feel about it now. But it starting next awesome. month, we'll be starting yeah. Avengers Arena. So tap into that, y'all. I'm pretty sure it's all on Marvel Unlimited if you have that. Or if you have your own issues, pull them out and read along with us. Um, but for now, let's take a break, and then we'll come right back. Talk now. <laughs> and welcome back. Yes, welcome back, y'all, to the relaunch section of the show. And okay, this week it was up to me to relaunch something, and I'm gonna get real with y'all. I think it's time to relaunch the way we do editorial in comics. Follow me. Now, I think that for a while, a lot of comics uh, rely on continuity, the stories before them, and everyone has these kind of long form stories. That's kind of what comics are now. Um, but something shifted, like, I don't know when exactly, something in like the 2000s where it, it seems as though the stories are less about the characters and more about whatever kind of situation that they're put in. And I want us to get back on track to getting to the story. It seems like a lot of the writers are pretty much kind of writing their favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and not nice, this isn't just the X-Men books, um, but this is like, it seems to be a phenomenon kind of anywhere, really. It seems like the stories are more the ideas that the writers have and they're writing their favorite characters rather than giving the stories that the characters have been like going on and, and continuing those forward. And I want us to kind of really get back to that you know so you miss some of was, that kind of like um that soap opera aspect of it exactly yes um you know mm-hmm. i would like to see a lot more of these characters especially as they are on teams um not really like the solo characters obviously like they're kind of doing their own thing um i honestly even say more a lot more of the solos right now are being written following the character story so more so this may apply to more team books but it seems like they aren't really telling like the stories of the characters and really getting into and how like, they interact and like what they're yeah. I can see that. I think of I'll say like a book like Immortal X Men. 
which has this council of like 12 people and each issue's kind of been centered around one character, which I guess can be like a really good thing to get their character piece in themselves. But you want to see it in more of the aspect of like them with other people. So like Exodus, yours your fave. He's on the council with Storm. What are him and Storm re, uh, interactions like? How do they talk? Do, how often do they disagree? Like what's their method? Do of they like each other? Forth? Yeah, like, and then like Nightcrawler and then Exodus and things like that. I see what you're saying. And even in that situation, um, you know, again, where you see all these characters and they are put into a certain status quo within the book, I just would like for their personal stories to kind of combat that so we can kind of see how that affects our own personal stories. Like Nightcrawler, why are you even on the counselor? I mean, on the council, what mm -hmm. is what what do you want to accomplish while you're there? Like, mm -hmm. what does your own personal story have to do with you wanting to be on the council? Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, any other kind of team book, like I would like to see them a lot more interacting with each other and kind of just really pushing their own stories forward rather than just talking about the incident that they're in in that moment. Okay, that's so, fair. And I feel like that might be editorial. I don't know if that's just telling writers like, no, you're writing this <laughs> and not what you want to write. Um, and I know there can be like a fine line between that and telling a creative what to do. I get that. I think it's a bit of a mix. I think about, you know, that Bishop War College book just came out recently and we all talked about that and like how I felt about it. And there was an interview that came out recently from Marvel and the gentleman, they were asking him, you know, what's your connection to the medium comics and what were your favorite books? And he was like, oh, I love New Mutants, but he's talking about Ayala's New Mutants. And then he's talking about like Bishop reading. They're like, what do you consider the essential uh, Bishop reads? And he says, oh, that one one shot from when he was trying to kill Hope, the, um, the days and lives of Lucas Bishop and then Orlando's Marauders. <clears throat> and it was kind of like, oh, you don't know anything about Bishop. You ain't read a book with this guy a day in your life. And it's kind of, but then as he was talking in the interview, it made it seem more like, oh, this was a Marvel idea. The War College book was kind of popping. They put out, they put it out and they needed somebody to write it. And like, they asked me. And so like, here I am doing it. And that made a lot more sense to me about it because you have so many new characters that you don't really have to like get back into. You can kind of just do a generic story across the board. You can give Bishop this kind of like generic mean leader type of thing and just build off of that because it's not really about his character it's just more so about putting this prompt out exactly and i would i would rather the story have been about bishop not, not about whatever kind of prompt that we're trying to explore here i mean i wanted to kind of get get back towards that and it feels like there might be some good character driven work i do think yeah. that I, do, I mean i think there are definitely some editorial issues somewhere across somewhere, but yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. Get us I, to the story I, I like, with the characters. I like That's it. what we're there I like for. The like you said, you're relaunching it. You're doing it. What do you think would be something I guess the editors could do? Do you want to, do you just want to see like a tighter focus on lines? Do you want to see kind of new talent being brought in and like how that's worked? or like seen from the ground up? I think there should be a lot more new talent coming in as far as art goes and writing, um, because I do think that sometimes people just need a chance. So I do think there should be some some scouting of some new work there, but also I think it, it needs to be tighter. Like I think sometimes, and I don't know, I don't work there, so I don't know exactly how that goes, but it feels as though 
the reins are a little loose as far as like what the writers get to do and what the uh, like the other creators on the books get to do. And I think this should be just a little tighter where they're really given this is what you are going to be writing and kind of stay within these lines. Um, you know, obviously there should be some leeway, but I do think that I would like it to say, no, <laughs> this is what we're doing. I don't yeah. want to read. I don't want to read a book that is a teen book, but it's really a stealth solo because the writer is self-inserting and just writing their story that they wanted to tell. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would rather read this teen the book, book about the teen. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. That's fair. I can agree. So, give the back there, y'all. Hopefully, someone, somebody out there heard it. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you guys rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can mm -hmm. watch us on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Bye.